ஆர்ட்ஸ் discuss the marathi film the disciple and analyze books by suchitra vijayan and kylie reed so strap in and let's go around the chakra so i'm here with anurag tagat uh, anurag how are you doing yeah, i'm doing good kan how how's it going with you uh, it's all going well anurag uh, welcome back to the what's the chakra podcast uh, it's been a couple of months and uh, So so just checking in like how you've been what what's been new on the music scene on your end what what have you been listening to in in recent few weeks or whatever Yeah it's been cool um it, it's been uh, as usual like a lot of music that just come in my way and mm-hmm. a lot of music that I incidentally find online as well when I'm just trying to look for new sounds or just things that maybe other artists are listening to and things like that so i was bank camp friday two days ago mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the last two days have just flown by but yeah right. <laughs> it was bank camp friday two days time ago. is a myth now there's no such thing as any real time anymore <laughs> two days ago two weeks ago whatever it's the same thing <laughs> yeah so i do remember buying some stuff on uh, bank camp friday okay. um i bought the new lefafa album superpower 2020 that was yeah, yeah 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 I bought this great album that one of my friends recommended uh, by an artist named Bob Villain like it's kind of written like Dylan but it's Villain mm-hmm. and yeah it's just like very aggro kind of punk hip hop kind of stuff going on so yeah it's, it's and it's very political and things like that so really been enjoying that um and then uh, what else yeah I was uh, I was also listening to a Bangalore band a couple of Bangalore artists one of them was uh, the psychedelic rock band called uh, Tripti and i think there's like a hyphen so it's like trip die i don't know if it's trip die or tripti but yeah mm-hmm. it's a very cool psychedelic rock band they came out with a new ep so that that was also one of uh, the things i wanted to check out and the other bangalore artist was um ankur das he's a really great guitarist uh, he's been a part of a few like jazz kind of bands in bangalore so he came out with his solo ep okay. and uh, Yeah it's really good really groovy really ex- kind of almost like multi multi genre in spaces like he has like a almost like a metal section in like one of the songs and things like that so mm-hmm. uh very exciting to listen for sure so yeah that's that's with me basically so, what about so, you so for you i mean i wanted to follow that up with you know because you work so closely with the indian music industry and i'm sure that you get inundated with requests to to listen to new music listen listen to fresh artists sometimes you have to do that for work sometimes you just have to do it you know um, i don't know maybe as a favor maybe to fill up a quota or whatever so how do you um decide on what music to to listen for like your pure actual like enjoyment like do you like or 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 maybe i should like rephrase that like how do you organically discover new artists right yeah i mean it's it's funny like because you know like uh 
most at least indian artists most artists in india that i listen to more or less i listen to it knowing that i would like to cover it so that um, you know i don't really uh, separate those things for me like you know like most times if i hear an indian artist and i like it most likely going to write about it some place um like for example i heard the new black strat blues album today and it was phenomenal yeah. and uh, yeah like you know uh, even though like i've been a black strat blues fan before i was even a writer uh, i know that at least now <laughs> the situation is that if i like this album a lot i'm probably going to be covering it trying to cover it at least in some way possible so something about that way um discovery outside of that like uh, at least the international artists often has been like that then you know like a lot of international artists i discover is purely for the for the joy of of listening to them and mm-hmm. checking out you know the kind of things they sing about or the style that they're doing mm-hmm. um like bob villain i mentioned for example it came to me through one of my friends ram who listens to a wide variety of stuff so um it was it was really cool to get that reco and uh once in a while you know like you know like most people you know like you go down the youtube rabbit hole of algorithms and see what's up or on apple music for example you obviously see what your friends are listening to so then i'm into that yeah. uh bandcamp is often been a discovery tool for me just by way of you know literally just going on the website and you find something that interests you just by by what's been how it's been described or something like that yeah. so yeah, that's this is usually how it goes um and sometimes of course um there are pages on facebook which like recommend like i i follow one called mathcore index which basically covers like hardcore metalcore mathcore kind of stuff so mm-hmm. yeah since i i mean yeah that sound never gets old for me so yeah. oh, if, if if somebody recommends that then yeah i usually dive right into it fantastic yeah so earlier you mentioned um, that 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 you've been listening to revolution 2020 which i mean i guess like it's it's now been several Super months i'm sorry superpower 2020 superpower 2020 yeah uh, i'm i was thinking of the chitan bhagat novel which is <laughs> <laughs> i it's uh, <laughs> my apologies to lifafa <laughs> but but yeah, but, but yeah, like superpower 2020 which has now been i think it's been a few months out now um and uh, so, so I, i remember like i also wrote a review for it uh, on the chakkar when when it first came out and uh, we actually featured one of the songs i think we featured lash when it came out because lash came out much earlier than the actual album so so, so that mm-hmm. was actually one of the, one of our early features on this very podcast right as the song of the month um but 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 i'm still vibing to it it's i mean he, he's one of those artists that uh it, it's strange like I, i actually feel that he's he's in a um i mean i'm not saying he's unique in among indian artists in this way because there are quite a few like him but what i mean is that what he is creating is a kind of music that i i i honestly truly can't define when when i have when i have to say, like when i have to explain to somebody what kind of what is this person doing or what are his inspiration or what does he sound like it is it is not never an easy answer it's always an entire essay i have to say like and the best way to do it is like you just have to listen to it you like you can't describe it in words you know mm. yeah completely man like it's it's always such i think that that's part of his allure uh, in the way of that he's got more popular now that like he performed this stuff live and people absolutely yeah. enjoyed it so the artist you chose uh, as the artist of the month is a group which which i again i feel in a way is a, a, a bit outside of easy definition and it's and uh, i mean i i guess you could define them easily but also at the same time when you listen to it the experience of words will be way different to what 
how how we would actually talk about it it's the tinctures who are i hope i'm pronouncing it right they're an indian uh, piano guitar duo right so tell me a bit more yeah. about them they make instrumental sort of uh, really groovy pretty ambient music yeah pretty much like i mean i i found out them about them a little bit before uh, this album came out when they were actually releasing one of their singles uh, which is the opening song on the on the album heads and tails so uh, tinctures is basically aman mahajan who's like a pianist and you know uh, he uh, he's he's been he's quite a seasoned sort of part of of the bangalore scene that way and uh, nishat pandey of course who is uh, based in berlin but um, yeah like they they sort of had this uh, connection and he's he's the guitarist in this so um it was it was very interesting because yeah you just don't hear piano and guitar combos especially yep. in this jazz sort of space and the, like you said the funny part is like you hear it and you'll probably be like this still doesn't even feel like jazz so you know like i feel like some of it is rooted in jazz of course like both their styles but they do so much more with their instruments and then so much more together itself so um that's that's how that's what immediately struck me about tinctures and uh, aman has his own music of course and um he he also came out with a solo album called refuge and uh nishad has his own music as well and he collaborates like one of the projects that i heard him on which he was great on was with a singer called harini ayer she uh, came out with a really nice song and he played guitars on that um so yeah i mean it it was just uh, it it was very interesting the first time i heard it and now to hear a full album of it was uh, yeah i mean i just didn't know what to expect and you know even now after listening to it like i still don't know what to expect you know yeah. it's like that it 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 does defy sort of easy explanation and you know they they, they make uh, you mentioned you, you mentioned you know they're obviously jazz inspired and even though the the, the music may feel it's it it feels to me like i i won't say fusion i think fusion is a word thrown around very very cheaply almost like we we sort of call everything a fusion you know um so i won't say that it it, it definitely has like a, a western classical sort of base to it but then you cannot escape the very clear indian classical or hindustani classical sort of influences that that you can easily tell that the, that the artists have you know like they, they this kind of album could not have been made by a western artist I, i don't think so because you can see there's a very indian soul to it as, at the same time yeah yeah i completely agree and um there's there's so many different tracks where they're just uh, yeah f- feeding off that energy i feel like it's almost like it's probably common ground you know even though they both play what are traditionally probably western instruments like uh like they seem to have like this innate sense of uh, yeah just just indian traditional music which mm-hmm. just somehow gets in there so the first album heads and tails was recently released um and the song you chose anurag is this is the track called grasshoppers uh kind of a playful track you know playful instrumental track like like a lot of them uh, tell me more about why you chose this particular song for our song of the month yeah it's interesting because um like there were some songs that i'd heard i mean i like quite a few songs on this album because again like they just pull in so many different directions so you don't know uh you know you, you want to choose a song that's sort of representative of the sound but at the same time 
there is probably no song that is representative of the tincture sound on at least on this album so it feels like they pull in so many directions i feel like world one 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 to one is is one of those uh but uh um it's, it's it's like kind of like an easy pick and it was also one of the first singles released so it's been out for a while mm-hmm. uh, from from the album like i preferred grasshoppers because yeah this is just something about the way it flows like you know with the guitar starting out and then the piano comes in and they sort of have this very i mean i want to describe it as a sort of futuristic sort of feel you know like it's uh it feels almost like you know you you forget that it's like you know piano and guitars making these sounds you just yeah. feel like there's something else going on there i mean <laughs> uh possibly synthesizers possibly just completely mm-hmm. electronic but you know it's coming from a com- two completely sort of acoustic sources so and the thing about this album and just the way tinctures make music is uh, some of these tracks like just completely untouched you know by anything outside of that uh, you know like they just uh, they, they just leave it with with these two elements in there these two instruments and uh, it comes through so well man like it uh, it sounds beautiful and it sounds hypnotic basically mm. well hypnotic is a wonderful way to put it and anurag uh, we couldn't have sort of introduced the song any better thank you for joining us for this month uh, and here's the song of the month uh, it's the tinctures the track is called grasshoppers from the new album heads and tails
so Jamie Alter is here. Jamie is a frequent contributor to the Chakra, and of course, you know, one of our favorite guests, one of our favorite writers. Uh, uh, Jamie, welcome back to the What's the Chakra podcast. How are you doing? Thank you, Karan. Always a pleasure to be here. Good to see you. And uh, what I like is that beyond the Masuri Connect, we ever connect about movies and writing and art. So it's always good to be on be on the website, be on the podcast. All well. So I I pushed you sort of uh, to maybe out of your comfort zone to find time to find ninety to one hundred twenty minutes to watch a film that I had I had recently watched and reviewed uh, for the Chakkar called The Disciple. Aple Purses Pradaka Hai Sharad Nerulkar. भारतीय शास्त्रीय संगीताला मार्गी संगीत उगीच नाही म्हणत रागाच्या माध्यमातून परमेश्वरापर्यंत पोहोचण्याची वाट दाखवली आहे आणि तो मार्ग प्राप्त करण्यासाठी त्याग ंगर Uh, so he returns to mumbai uh, court was based in mumbai he returns to mumbai for, for the disciple and this time this the profession of singing is sort of the entire subject of the story uh, i sort of saw it as like a love letter almost to like the indian classical genre you know uh, people chasing their passions while like it, you know even though it's pretty common it's still a niche world in a way uh, and and they, they're not getting the recognition that outside the niche world you know uh, so jamie you you just finished it a few hours ago i, I would love to know your sort of early reactions to this film before we sort of analyze it a bit more in detail absolutely karan and i'm glad that you pushed me because this is a film which perhaps i would not have consumed or watched uh, um on my own um but that said from the opening scene till the last scene what a film you know i mean obviously we'll we'll talk about performances we'll talk about cinematography we'll talk about the narrative but uh, but to tell a tale like that and absolutely it it's an ode to music it's also in many ways an ode to to mumbai to bombay we've seen so many different you know you you know movies you know bombay you talk about an ode to bombay 99% it's a, it's a gangster film right and there've been so many great gangster films but this in its own way like the scenes when uh, shankar is on his bike he's listening to mai in the earphones just the shots of lower parel and then you know, i think i think i spotted dadar and a few other areas so it it really does capture mumbai uh from a from a physical sense and that often attracts me to a movie but look from the first scene to the last scene i mean i don't want to give it away to those who haven't seen it um just a, a very different film um like i said not a film which I, i would have watched but once you get into it and you get used to the pacing and you understand why this um this narrative is going somewhere i was i was very surprised i have not seen court so this is my first time watching jetanya tamane's work uh, i'm definitely going to go and watch court now as soon as i can yeah uh, I, i haven't seen court either so for me uh, this was like the first introduction to his work uh, and, and 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 it's interesting he, he seems to he seems to take deep dives into a certain subject so court was about you know um, the mumbai sessions court this one's about the folk singing yeah. uh, world 
So the main character in this film is Sharad, who's played by Aditya Modak, and uh, Sharad is a 24-year-old aspiring classical vocalist. You know, who's and his young life has been sort of singularly focused on mastering this. Ah, uh, Sharad, I called him Shankar. Sorry, sorry, Sharad, Sharad. Sharad, yeah. And uh, so, and Sharad's father in the film was himself a passionate but ultimately like not that successful artist. Um, and he raised Sharad to sort of prioritize singing lessons. You know, there's that scene where he's singing, his friends want to play with him. He's like, "Nay, nay, we have to sing." And um, and he eventually Sharad eventually becomes a disciple of an acclaimed Guruji, who himself is sort of inheriting the lineage of uh, the Alwar Gharana tradition of classical music. And he's a student of Mai. You mentioned Mai, you know, and. Uh, all that remains of Mai is the memory of her recordings. We don't even hear her own voice singing. We just know she's legendary, right. uh, and it's like more musings on the philosophy of the tradition, of practice, of art. You know how to spend a life devoted to art, and this sort of like haunts Sharad as he's performing. You mentioned those beautiful scenes of him on the bike. So I mean, I, I would love to know your bigger takeaways. Like personally, you know, um, this movie's haunted me a lot since I watched it. um and in the essay i wrote about it on the chakkar i wrote about you know how to like you know how to live a life in pursuit of excellence while yep life itself might seem meaningless you know it sounds sort of absurdist um <laughs> like in uh, my essay was about it in the sense that in 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 the larger scheme of things uh, you, you might be just a small meaningless pawn you know you might not even get there but it it's the pursuit that uh, that counts and Absolutely. but sometimes but sometimes it doesn't count Uh, so i mean i would love to know your your sort of big takeaways about this whole idea of no art. i i agree i agree with what you're saying in many ways you could look at it and say that uh, this guy's life could be termed miserable right because he has this singular obsession and it is an obsession you know let's face it he he wants to do something because like like his father used to record those hand to hand tapes so he knows there's a back story but how he tries and there are scenes like you know like he goes off and he has to watch porn you know Well, that's a release or Joby here, but he has so much going on. But he does try to keep himself away from what do you want to call it—the distractions, the trapping of what modern India that we're living in. Despite being in a place like Mumbai, Bombay, he's just like this, right? So for me, one of the takings away was how yes, this man has this singular obsession, but in the end, where does it actually get him? Like the whole graph of the movie traverses such a wide plane, right? and i also want to talk about how good the actor is aditya motak i think his name is how he goes from what when we first see him he must be i don't know early 20s maybe something like he's, that right he's meant to be 24 in the first half and then huh. um 37 huh. in the second and it's he the body transformation i had to google to make sure it's the same actor <laughs> you know i couldn't correct. believe it that's the correct. same person correct yeah. correct correct mm-hmm. so so that's again that's the acting part but you know even like you mentioned he has the guruji the guruji actually despite this guy being like a disciple with her does he get much encouragement from the guruji mm. not really right but uske bawajood na whether you want to call it just the respect for the elders mm. or a means to obtain something i found that like this guy is doing everything for him but he's not getting necessarily what he wants from the guy so mm. then he has to go off and find it on his own and for me i found this second half i was i i i found the flashbacks going back and forth a bit jarring But it's when he leaves that place and he starts to, you know, like the scene when he's he's trying to make it now. He wants a YouTube channel. He gets yeah. that photo session with that guy, right? Yeah. And it's, it's a lovely scene. Apne sab se he's doing what he thinks is fine. But yeah. that guy says, "Can you do it in a way where you're actually like you look like you're enjoying it?" And I'm like, "What a line! He's actually enjoying, or maybe he's taught himself, or he's indoctrinated himself to think he's enjoying it. But he's like, 
आई एम एंजॉइंग इट बट टू द गाय थिंक फिर लाइक यार ये आदमी कितना रोंद की तरह बैठा है सो स्मॉल स्मॉल सीन्स लाइक दैट आई एम लाइक वाओ देयर प्रोबब्ली आर पीपल आउट देयर फॉर व्हाटएवर रीजन दे हैव दैट सिंगुलर ऑब्सेशन एंड लाइक यू सेड मे बी इट 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 इजंट वर्थ इट एट द एंड बट डैम देम इफ दे गेट ऑफ दैट ट्रैक सो देयर इज अ लॉट ऑफ लेयर्स लेयर्स इन द फिल्म व्हिच आई क्वाइट एंजॉयड I'm so glad you bought that scene up because I was going to bring it up. That, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's a great, a, great scene. Great scene. Uh, and it's exactly the, your point that the photographer said, like, smile as if you are enjoying it, and he's like, smile as exactly. if you're happy or something. And it's yeah, in yeah. my in my mind, we, and I'm sure that that's what we're thinking, right? That uh, Aditya Modak hasn't overacted at all. He, at no point is he overtly telling us he's no. unhappy or happy. It's us who are questioning. I think this is what the best movies do. They make us. they don't give us the answers they give us questions like our and our question was like is he actually happy um yep and and you know you mentioned the the guru shishya thing you know that he has his guru um as we mentioned this film is deeply embedded in the classical music scene and it's funny you know even though it, it classical music has been within his arms length to me my whole life whether it's at school whether it's like growing up in maranasi it's something that i have it i've honestly not had much interest in or much appreciation for uh now what mm. but but what tamhane the director does in this film is he takes something and makes it universal and and what i mean by that is it could be he's obsessing over classical music but it could be anything it could be writing it could be acting it could be dog training <laughs> you know it could be it could be yep. whatever the obsession is yeah, like, yeah, you know, bilkul, bilkul, and and bilkul. you know like he has a guru and he thinks his gurus are almost these more than mortals like everything they do is right um he's i won't give away the the climactic moment but it's like you know his his faith in the gurus is tested you know and it's yes there's such a profound you know human sadness to this of like of choosing something to be your obsession and then sort of being yep, yep, challenged yep. whether that obsession is true or not you know um so yep. I, i wanted to ask you know you spent so much of your own life uh in the performance arts you know uh, whether it's theater acting singing whatever are you able to recognize individuals like this character in your line of work who you know or did you find certain themes that you that you recognize in your line of work that's actually a very very good question i don't think i've seen anyone uh like this character in the sense that i go back to that whole singular obsession i'm going to do this and i'm going to dedicate my life to this no matter what happens and i'm going to do it i have not seen perhaps that uh, what's the word i want to use obsessed people but yes in the acting line you do see people who for whatever they have their personal reasons for years you know they they may be in their 40s and since before they wanted to act so i have seen the people who have that junoon for doing something mm-hmm. and maybe in their own ways they can also make their connection from this because when you have that goal you will do whatever it takes but i just go back to how the word miserable you could be like yeah this guy's got such a sad life but again that's just how it's portrayed and how you perceive it in his mind this is something which he's wanted to do if i if i have one criticism of the film mm-hmm. it was i would like to know a bit more of his back story right we know that yes the father had those real to real tapes which the young boy saw but beyond that you know was there a bit of a as as dan would as the acting is as convincing as i would have perhaps want to see a bit more it just goes back to what you asked me where where does where does that that passion come from mm-hmm. we can see the passion play out in someone's mm-hmm. ethics in their sincerity in their hard work but i personally would have liked a bit more of that but again um i don't want to give away too much away for, to to your viewers and listeners who haven't seen it but there's another scene towards the end when they're at that outdoor outdoor yep. bar like yes. the, your typical mumbai cafe 
Mm-hmm. And what are like that perhaps is the best scene in the film because you have this young guy who has a certain vision of a certain person and he watches that vision like literally shredded to pieces yeah, yeah. by a guy knocking back old mom for royal <laughs> challenge jo bhi hai you know you're typical like yeah, yeah. we've all been there as journalists yeah, yeah, so yeah. that again was a because that after the after the photography scene mm-hmm. that's one scene where you can see it play out in his face mm-hmm. what that guy is saying he like maybe this old experienced music critic has something that he knows about mai right so a lot of these scenes made me question the whole idea of is he is he justified in 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 being so rigid about his views who knows but what all all told it makes for a good in, uh, engaging cinema karan uh, um and you used the word junoon like you know um i i i thought about that word and and the word obsession uh, in the scene you mentioned where he's like you know uh, uh, in the outdoor bar and other scenes what i loved about modak's acting is that it's not this overtly overacted junoon at no point is he like ha mujhe karna hi hai it's he never uh, never uh, I, i mean if you read about this uh, the actor himself he he's not an actor he was a classical singer who was trained to be an actor uh, and not the other way around it wasn't an actor who was trained mm-hmm. to sing uh, which is just a miraculous thing either way <laughs> you know an actor learning to sing a singer learning to act because uh, for, for modak to do both he could choose either or both careers and he'd be good at it you know correct um, yep yep i i i specifically love the scenes where uh, the scenes of performance where either he's mm. performing or he's in the background playing uh, the santur i think uh, while while mm-hmm. the guruji is performing because yeah. uh, he he doesn't give much away but his eyes tell so much of the story you can tell that he's desperate absolutely he's he's and singing. that's go on that's exactly exactly what you're saying i got the same thing from the opening scene when you're seeing him saying you know it's clearly this performer mm-hmm. um i'm using the word performer because now you told me that he's actually not a not a trained actor you know mm-hmm. this performer whatever he's doing this is 100% legit so mm-hmm. i while i haven't google i had the same thought as you you know like this guy is clearly a singer he's he knows exactly what he's doing the acting part is clearly secondary mm-hmm. but just the range that he traverses you know there's another scene where he's he gets a job at a school teaching yeah. music and that gujarati mom comes and he's trying and he's so blunt with her saying ke nahi inko inko khayal ke taraf wo nahi hai he wants to do fusion let him do fusion and then she gets up and tells the son in gujarati ke we'll go and complain to the teacher we're yeah. paying this guy you know yeah. the camera lingers on him for what for what 5 seconds the look is a blank look but despite <laughs> being a blank look it's like he says so much so hats off to him for doing that man just uh, to mix the singer and the actor fantastic um and jamie my last question uh, regarding this film is like you know it, it's the, i'm bringing it back to zooming out a little bit bringing it back to the universal themes in a way again uh, hmm. like uh, now the, the actor in this or, or the or the character of sharad in, in this film in particular he is a moderately successful singer by the by the end of the film yep. you know um he's he's sort of achieved his dream so to say i mean and that that's it I mean, I mean, it's it, that's the film. Like his his dream is achieved, but then it's gonna give you. I don't want to give more away. Like there's there's so much to think about in that yeah. dream, right? It made yeah. me think so much yeah. about you know the, the the arts and obsessions I I pursue. It made me think about like okay, will will any of us ever be happy? Like even if we achieve our dreams, like will will there always be that that sort of question for us? Like I was curious to know. You have just finished this film. Like how did it make you feel about your own art? And then the second part is like where do you think the story of an artist comes up short in the disciple like you mentioned you would like to know more about his back story uh, where else would you like to 
sort of see the story of an artist rounded out so that's a this is a two part question like your own personal view and yeah, then yeah. and on the disciple uh yeah look i mean from from my personal perspective in fact just having lunch after watching it i didn't tell people what my reference point was but i did make a comment to uh, to my wife as i yet i didn't have any passion for any such thing you know and, and that's obviously that's also and again i was being very open and i think she would have figured there he's been watching something to ye kahin se aa raha hai but i really i didn't have it like whatever i've done i've done it because the things that i like to do so i i couldn't hand on heart i could never say that i had a certain passion ke you know yehi karna hai whatever has happened has obviously been deep rooted in certain things that i love and which are which are all about me but i never chose ke yaar bachpan se ye karna hai so from that said i i could not Yes, I've seen perhaps people fifty percent like this character, but mm-hmm. I of of Sharad, but I myself, I I don't have that drive. So instead, I'm like, wow, people can actually get so consumed. Mm-hmm. Which again, it brings me back to my point about I would have liked to know a little bit more. You know, mm-hmm. while it's while it's fa- fairly well chalked out, a bit more of the personal thing. Where did this actually start from? You're, you they allude to it, but I would have liked those strings to be to be uh, to be tied up. and then your second question was where do i feel the the artists or the performers graph rounding out yeah like what else would you want to add to this what else would i yeah or, or, yeah, or, or yeah. where do you think this the story came up short you you kind of answered it in a way by the back story thing but is there anything else yeah think? no no i i was i was very happy where it ended in fact the last 20 25 minutes i liked the way it it, it was wound up and that last scene again i'm not going to give away the last scene mm-hmm. but that that scene says so much it's There's so much about the physicality of the city where this guy is raised. Mm-hmm. It says so much about how wherever you come from, you can be brought down to that one space. You know exactly what space I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But that space is such a Mumbai Bombay space where where class lines and divides all get meshed mm-hmm. in that space. What he's doing when another person walks by and does something. So I found it that's the perfect way. Mm-hmm. Like you rightly says, he's he's achieved. I don't think he's achieved what he set out to achieve because mm-hmm. like like the film teaches you. what he starts to get into it takes decades to achieve so i don't think he actually gets there mm-hmm. is he satisfied probably is he financially decently he probably wants a lot more mm-hmm. but given all he's gone through i think the film ends in a very very near pitch perfect way mm-hmm. i wouldn't have changed much about that my only gripe was i would have liked a bit more of the human angle to what a young sharad would have been would have been going through that's it that's it well uh i'm i'm so glad because I'm I'm so glad first of all that that I was that you watched this movie for me <laughs> and thank then, you thank and, you <laughs> and to bring on sort of your sort of depth of art and of experience and of performance to this conversation because I I I I felt that this needed a, a conversation not just about the film but about you know art in general and uh, and, I, and I was so glad to have the conversation with you Jimmy thank you so much for joining what's the chakkar and uh, keep up with your good work my man thank you Karan always a pleasure please keep call me back i love to talk art talk cinema talk whatever it is it's fun thank you so shasta vaishnav is here shasta how are you doing hi karan i'm great how are you i'm doing well and it's uh, great to catch up again shasta as usual is always here to talk to us about you know the, the books we've been reading uh, other like literary stuff that we sort of you know throw in into our conversation from here and there um and yeah. we always we, we never plan the books that we're going to talk about it always comes up pretty randomly we we do our own thing and then we sort of converge and we meet each other and we like okay what have you read what have you read and then you know and then we go we, we take it from there 
So uh, let's start with you, Shasta. Uh, what have you read this past month? Sure. So uh, this month, I felt like reading something a little more light, but at the same time, not like a romance novel or something, you know. Uh, so I came across a book club favorite. Uh, again, something that Reese with the Spoons Book Club has uh, endorsed, and a lot of other book clubs as well, which is called Such a Fun Age okay. by Kylie Reed. Okay. Um, and it is it is very very reminiscent of uh, all these um, big little lies you know the ones that uh, we've seen recently little fires everywhere mm. funnily enough of uh, shows that have that are books before being shows and that have been produced and acted in by Reese with the spoon mm. so uh, it is very reminiscent of that it's set in new york and philadelphia okay and it's about uh, the book is essentially about race but i'll i'll give you a little bit of the storyline so uh so basically there's this very rich lady called alex um and she uh, she's a she's like in her mid 30s she ha- she's married with two children and she's very successful based on her own brand of uh, she's she basically used to write letters as a child and as a teenager to letters to brands asking them for free stuff or rather like liking their stuff or complaining about their stuff or whatever mm. and from that she sort of built a career as to how to speak and oh. which went into which went into like women empowerment and you know women at the workplace and everything so she's one of those people who's always like invited to speak on panels etc and she moves to philadelphia from new york and now obviously she needs a sitter a babysitter for her two kids and she hires a black girl like a young black girl who's uh, say 25 years old and there's an incident that happens with that black girl and the children outside in philadelphia mm. which sort of you know really underlines the whole race problem that america still has where it's very very this book is set in now like 2015 2016 and um, and of course then the story goes from there like the 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 black girl's friends her boyfriend how everybody's linked and you know all sorts of things but it's very very interesting because at the end of the day you realize that the times we live in now when people are trying so hard to not be racist that is also racist you know so there uh like this this whole relationship between the white woman and her black babysitter is almost uh it's almost romantic you know that's how much the white woman is holding on to her babysitter and to do the right thing and to be not racist and all of that it's it's really uh, disturbing somewhere you know mm-hmm. so you realize how much how race still plays such a big part mm-hmm. and it's i then it it goes into your identity it goes into your behavior everything so while this is not a very um i would say heavy book there's nothing like gory or there's nothing really really painful that happens in fact some of the trauma rather associated with some of the characters is kind of i found it very underwhelming rather they have high school trauma they have high school memories that they can't get rid of which is which is which are very you know they they're not the stuff that you would expect like uh, to to stay with a person but of course i feel like it all comes together in the end and it's it's a book about regular people and that's what's nice you know it's not this huge fantastic story where you know uh, a lot of situations have occurred like this is just regular people going about their lives and how you know uh, race has come in 
so yeah i think it's um, i think it's a good read would i it, it's not one of my favorites karan because like in the last year whatever i've read i'm just i've been loving so many of them as we as you know as we've been talking about so i wouldn't say this is something i'd rave about or i'd say please read it but if you do pick it up it's not a disappointing read it's not like oh my god what was this what did i just read no i, I would say like it's a quick airplane read or it's like a you know um like something when you don't want to really really like work <laughs> mm. and you know get into something intense this is this is this is one of those so um yeah the, the themes are it's so interesting with, with the us like their um or 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 I should say level the, the layers of conversation they have over issues of race you know whether it's yes. at its very basic where it's simply there's some people who are just still racist in the way that the kkk used to be racist where they don't even want to see a person of a different race they don't want them in their country at all you know they they've completely dehumanized them as if they don't exist and then and then there's like the other extreme where uh there's people who are actually allies to each other in in within races and you know they they're kind of really hoping for like a multicultural future or a multiracial future and all of that stuff um and and these are sort of like the two sort of political i mean obviously and and in between these two extremes there's like a hundred different other sort of shades of gray right um definitely uh and 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 these are two political spectrums like the conservatives and, and liberals in a way and it's very interesting yeah. because even uh, as you mentioned in in this book like e- even the most liberal outlook uh of of like trying not to be racist can be kind of racist because you're at the end of the day you're sort of putting the race barrier on a pedestal and you're sort of like it, you're mentally differentiating yourself from the other person right so exactly. you're you're trying harder that way yeah yeah there's a whole part where she talks about the different treatment she gets it's good treatment but it's still different treatment yeah, you know yeah. and it's really and there's a whole thing about fetishizing black women mm. like uh, her boyfriend actually fetishizes black women so when when someone goes through his facebook history and sees all his exes they all look the same mm. they're all the same they have the same light light black like they're light skinned but uh, you know they all have similar hair similar interests everything so he sort of fetishized and he loves the black community all his best friends are black that is also racist in a way because you're you're white but you think only hip hop and or you know all of this is cool like all all the black athletes are cool or you know so you sort of i don't know it they've explained it well like um and then of course having said all that there are still those differences those basic differences that remain like for instance one paragraph really stood out for me mm-hmm. where um so this is his this is the protagonist the black babysitter emira and her boyfriend kelly uh so this is about them right so it says emira and kelly talked about race very little because it always seemed like they were doing it already when she really considered a life with him a real life a joint bank account emergency contact both names on the lease life Emira almost wanted to roll her eyes and ask, "Are we really going to do this? How are you going to tell your parents? If I'd walked in here when they were still on screen, how would you have introduced me? Are you going to take our son to get his hair done? Who's going to teach him that it doesn't matter what his friends do, that he can't stand too close to white women when he's on the train or in an elevator, that he should slowly and noticeably put his keys on the roof as soon as he gets pulled over?" or that there are times our daughter should stand up for herself and times to pretend it was a joke that she didn't quite catch 
or that when white people compliment her, she's so professional, she's always on time. It doesn't always feel good because sometimes people are going to be surprised by the fact that she showed up rather than the fact that she had something to say when she did. Yeah, so, there's so much. Uh, yeah. there's so much depth in. So, so are all of these Andrew. good writers that I really, uh, that I really admire, or that have come up with work that's good, seem to be from the Iowa Writers Workshop, and Kylie oh, wow. Reed is yeah. is again one of them. You know, okay. so, uh, I I don't know. That was always a dream, but it seems like a very far away dream to go to an, the Iowa Writers Workshop. But yeah. So um, that was my book, Karan. What was what, what was your book all about? So, yeah. Um, so I read uh, Midnight's Borders by Suchitra Vijayan, which has been, um, I feel, one of the most uh, talked about nonfiction releases in India this year. Uh, it was released in Feb, uh, and it's been like super hyped. And I mean, at least in the academic circles, I'm not talking about you know the self-help or biography type of nonfiction, which is like I guess sells the most in India. But in terms of the more political side of things, this is an unabashedly very political book, and it's I feel it's one of the blueprints of how to address politics and history through travel. Um, mm-hmm. So the full title is Midnight's Borders: A People's History of Modern India, uh, which obviously, like every time I hear people's history, it obviously makes me think of Howard Zinn. I don't know if you've heard about uh, Howard Zinn's unbelievable book. It's called The People's History of the United States, uh, which has become like an academic yeah. like mainstay in, in in the states now. Uh, okay. That book was a lot more ambitious in scope uh, and time. It sort of traversed like over 200 years of U.S. history uh, and the struggle, and it showed like the, the bottom-up struggle of of American people who weren't talked about in like the history books. You know, uh, Vijayan's book is thoroughly different. She has little interest in telling the history of all of India, or for that matter, mm-hmm. the history of like the Indian mainstream. When I say mainstream, I mean, you know, the upper yeah. caste Hindu Indians who are like basically the people people like us who sort of embody like most of the parts of India which are away from the borders, which are away from the troubles of the borders, right? Um, Correct. This is why I feel the, the title itself is more apt, Midnight's Borders, because it's story of the borderlands and, you know, these borders that were sort of arbitrarily created at the stroke of midnight on August 15, 1947, you know? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Correct. Uh, so Suchitra Vijayan, she's an award-winning photographer. She spent, it's an amazing story. She spent about seven years across 9,000 miles traveling India's borders uh, in between, she got pregnant, had a kid, came back, continued her travels. Like she did all of that, right? Um, we are bordered by seven countries. So, so she, the places she traveled included, you know, the India-Pakistan border. Uh, sorry, India, uh, yeah, India-Pakistan border in Kashmir. Uh, we go to uh, Jalpaiguri, where's the India-Bangladesh border. Then the border with China in Arunachal Pradesh. Uh, in Nagaland with Myanmar. Uh, then Pakistan again in the west of Punjab. So she, she does all of these places. Um, so I can only, uh, I mean, I, I guess before we talk about this book, we, we have to compare to the, the earlier one. I mean, if you remember earlier this year, uh, I talked about a similar book by Pradeep Damodaran. Yes. It was called Borderlands. Yes. Correct. Um, it was similar, but very different. So Damodaran also traveled to a dozen locations in India's borders, uh, including some of the places that Vijayan goes to, but his book is, um, is very different in tone. It's more of like a personal experiential account. It's like a fun travelogue. But he has bits of history, culture, politics, personal okay. experience thrown in. He's more interested in describing the places and the lifestyles um, and sort of like helping us in the mainland, quote unquote, mainland, gain some empathy for other Indians at the borders. Yeah. Vijayan, however, she has raised a sharp focus on India as a political machine and how India as a machine has failed 
the borders and the people living in the borders so one of the running themes for uh, uh, in this book is that like you know as i mentioned the borders are pretty arbitrary they just spring up and so people are separated from one side of the other you know it's like it creates these invisible divisions that don't shouldn't exist so um and i think one thing she does one thing she's super su- successful in is that she creates she tells us individual stories so she doesn't just tell us like the history of the border she will hang out with the people introduce you to characters and then tell their stories of separation at the borders so there are mm-hmm. wives who are separated from husbands between bangladesh and india there are young men who get branded as terrorists in kashmir and you know basically the whole lives is upended there are women in punjab and then uh, the punjab of pakistan who who can't like really profess loyalty to either region because they sort of they, they belong to both and they've suffered in both um and of course of course compared to damodaran's account vijayans has a very strongly and strongly feminist view of of like the sufferings at the borders you know and yeah. like it's it, she doesn't like harp on this but as a reader like i couldn't help but also of course put in my my own projection of uh, like like how how starkly different it is for a woman alone to travel in these borderlands you know a woman okay. alone traveling anywhere in india anywhere in the world is different than a man traveling alone yeah. but especially in india especially in the borderlands is like another level of like uh sort of another hoop that she has to you know go past that I, perhaps i won't have to go through right it's not just a man sure. on a holiday like damodaran was um yeah uh so there's you know there's so much violence that she addresses about and i mean, i guess what it made me think about just to maintain india sort of sovereignty as a country like we have inflicted so much violence like and it's needless to like just to like uh, displacing people for generations for a little bit of land you know and it's kind of sad to think about um not to mention of course that like uh, vijayan is a superb writer her like her words are like very poetic uh, and she writes like she writes poetically about the struggle but at the same time she kind of hands over the mic so to say to the subject so she like very often lets them tell the story for themselves um correct yeah so i mean it it it, it is um it is a very important non fiction book which you know had been in the circles of like people who have been in touch with academically who have talked about it a lot so i was glad i read it and you know i read it over the august 15th uh, weekend as well and so of course it was like a big like there's a lot to think about as like what it means to be indians and what it means to be um, you know as indians we, have, we are all like complicit in a way for like like our, our comfort is always uh, like our comfort comes at the price of us ignoring all the stuff that's happening on the borders right right of course Yeah you're right this is a very important book Karan and I think one of the most important that you've spoken about so far like we need to really know what's happening with we, we don't know there's no awareness so once you do have some awareness only then can you start thinking about these things so it's very important to like this is this sounds like a very important book so, the awareness part is is yeah I was going to speak on that too like uh, because you know now obviously this is not the most comprehensive quote unquote people's history that I've, I would like to read an actual like full people's history of india like howard zinn did for america like and like a bottom up that tells the story of uh of of women who have suffered of of lower caste people who have suffered of like the tribals of minorities you know like like what is the india experience for them been like you know um but still like even the vijayan doesn't concern herself with the mainland this is still a very important essential read and uh the awareness is so is is so crucial because you know obviously we can fall wherever we wish politically you know you yeah. it's it, it's a free choice to make you you can be conservative you can be liberal uh we can agree with the militarized state or we can hate it 
you know we can spend time loving our neighbors or hating our neighbors but i think we at least need to be educated and make up our own mind about it i think once you know i feel that too many indians we simply think the border tragedies they're out of sight out of mind but it's important for us to at least con- confront the the stories individual human stories which is what she does here and uh, as as like citizens of this country and then you know make up your mind and that and I, i i challenge people to not be moved by you know like i'm not saying everyone will turn and have empathy towards you know because there's some people who are just staunchly the way they are but at least they, yes. they should be aware that these other humans are humans like us too and 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 they deserve a voice the same way we do yes definitely um that's great man that sounds like a really interesting read and uh, something that i definitely want to pick up i i think i've read a lot of fiction this year i want to mm-hmm. switch over to non fiction and somehow all the books i read get made into movies so so is this one <laughs> <laughs> i want to read a book that is not getting made into a movie now so well um, you should if you read indian literature very rarely does it become unless you're reading chetan bhagat <laughs> very rarely does that become into a movie so there's always a chance of that <laughs> that's true that's true that's also sad but but it's good in in a yeah, way yeah. so um so so let's go over our books again um uh, uh, shasta uh, you read i read such a fun age by kylie reed and i read suchitra vijayan's midnight borders a people's history of modern india uh shasta Super. thank you so much for giving me your time and uh, i will thank catch you, you in a month All right. See you. A big thank you to all the guests for joining us today and of course to all the listeners who have tuned in. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please check us out on thechakkar.com and we are on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter at thechakkar. Until next time, chakkar ghumte raho.